Hey, what's going on, guys? Nate Phillip back again with another episode of the Pokey Talk Podcast. I think we should uh, rename it the Lorcana Talk Podcast. Uh, Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> this episode is, in fact, we're just giving you an early warning here. This is going to be a Lorcana-focused episode. There's been a lot happening. Um, the release is very close, but, mm-hmm. I mean, we basically had an unofficial release at yep. Gen Con. So we know everything about the set, about the products, and we pretty much all know what it's going to look like when it hits the <laughs> shelves. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and do the episode now. We told you it was coming, and this is it. But yeah. uh, I, I do want to make a couple points about how it relates to Pokemon, and we're going to talk about the the haters in the Pokemon community. and Lots of know, haters. Yeah, and... Yeah, I'm not going to really yeah. be collecting it a lot, but I think there's a lot of points that we need to address. I mean, there's there's some no-brainer things that I think people yeah. just don't really realize are happening. Yeah, we were going to... I was thinking originally do this like mid-September after the official like big box store release <clears> happened. <throat> um, so obviously the LGS release is August 18th, September 1st for everywhere else. So I was thinking maybe middle of September we'll get kind of a gauge on like some of the supply and kind of some of the reception of people first hearing about it, you know, all that good stuff. Um, but yes, we are in a little bit of a uh, bubble, if you will, because uh, we're in like the Lorcana Discord, following like Lorcana buy sell groups. So we are in a little bit of an echo chamber to an extent. But the amount of new people we've seen jump in, the amount of people that are just so gun-ho about it, people that are going nuts for it, prices going crazy, it's just, gotta discuss it now. <laughs> yeah, we figured, you know, we might as well, might as well catch it while it's hot. Um, I mean, the only thing we're waiting on is the actual release, but I mean, we yeah. pretty much know it's going to be hard to find... Um, so we can just throw in updates and our experience in the beginning of the episodes there, but, uh, we do want to touch on some news. There has been actually quite a bit of little news. Um, I will say that there is a Pokemon streaming event. Um, what do they call those events again? Pokemon presents. Yeah. Presents. There is a presents. When is that? Tomorrow. From when we're recording, yes. Um, I don't know how we're going to end up adding it if it's something major, which I think it probably will be enough to have to add something to. So it'll be interesting. Let's just say if there's something major, we're adding it in right here. Yeah. (laughs) So, and then if you're, if you're, uh, yeah, welcome back if we saw some news. But (laughs) if you didn't hear a little time skip there, there wasn't much happening. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So hopefully. We added something in there, and there's some awesome news. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of expecting, you know, well, I guess you guys heard us talk about it if uh, if we threw it in there. But whatever I said, you know, a couple minutes ago, before that, I was thinking it's gonna be, <laughs> oh too, yeah, like a Legends Arceus style black and white game. That's my bet. I don't see why I don't understand why they'd go black and white. It makes more sense for them to go back to Kanto. I know Kanto gets beaten to dead horse, but that's exactly why I think it will include Kanto. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, well, I maybe see maybe gonna, they did. Maybe they just talked about it. 
Yeah, or some sort of you can have the Game Boy Advance games or whatever coming to Nintendo Direct. But apparently, I just saw that next year, sometime Nintendo is going to release its next gen console appearance. So, or they're going to like you know reveal it or whatever. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe we just talked about it five minutes ago. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know. All right, but yeah, little Pokemon news. I mean, there's a couple things. Um, Ruler of the Black Flame is, yeah. you know, hitting store shelves. People are buying it up. I just want to comment real quick on the art style. We do have the illustration rares and special illustration rares. Still continuing some really cool artworks. Uh, yeah. Nine Tails specifically is probably my favorite. I think there's been like Pidgey a line. shift though. Yeah, there is a Pidgey line that's pretty cool. That's my favorite. It's the most unique art, in my opinion. Some of them are really cool. Um, we do have the derpy clown Charizard, but uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a step backward, not necessarily backward, but like a more simple art style with a lot of these. Like for some reason, and it's not yeah. just a certain artist. Like it's a lot of different it's, artists. Yeah, I agree. Cleffa, yeah. Larvitar I'm looking at. Um, uh, Even the Pidgey line, like it's a cool art style, well, but there's not a lot of detail in there. Yeah, it's meant to be very simple, though. That, that That's why I like it. Like That's the design, is it's meant to, to look like that. Yeah. Whereas, there's even an Iskew EX down, like number 133. Yeah, the Gloom is one of the most... I thought it was Changikanda for a second before clicking on it. That is a very unique... The gloom is fully enamored in its environment. That one's pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And you stands even out. got a it stands out some hidden Pokemon throughout a couple of Weedles down there. But yeah, I just noticed that. I do really like the art style, I like the Cleffa. It's not you know mm-hmm. a step back as in quality. It's just like more simple, which I do like. I agree. So. Well, then you have Larvitar with a jumble pile of shit. Or yeah <laughs> whatever that is yeah it's supposed to be like food for pokemon like you know how they gave you like hokey capsules in the show or whatever that's what it's supposed to be but it it looks like he's just gorging on like a pile of crap but yeah yeah um some some 2021 nostalgia or whenever this was but uh mcdonald's is bringing back some promos <laughs> Everyone go get your Happy Meals. Yeah. Go, go, <laughs> go act like children, grown children, just getting Happy Meals. Yeah, I definitely gained some pounds that last uh, release, but uh, it was hype, and those cards were actually pretty good. They were the old Kanto. Looks like there's a more Scarlet and Violet focus this time. Um, the cards look great. You have a different, like, confetti hollow, but... Where the new silver border is at, that's actually hollow now too. So uh, yeah, pretty cool looking. They're gonna be like stupid cheap, but uh, yeah, I remember when people were buying these by the case or by the box, like out the back door of Walmart, and you got the stuff. Yeah, yeah I got the stuff. <laughs> like, a, like a box of couple hundred or something for a thousand dollars it was getting kind of crazy but it was just anything with that had pokemon cards in it was just going nuts because first off obviously getting products for a lot of folks was impossible and 
anything you get your hands on was worth getting. And then it was like, oh, is it going to be short printed? Oh, my gosh. Stones. Yeah. If you see people posting for sale entire boxes of packs like this, I mean, yeah. I mean, just look at them now. These cards are a few dollars a piece. I think the Pikachu last I checked was it was 40 back when things calmed down like when they were at their their lows and i bought one at like 35 i think just to finish my set but uh yeah let me actually look that up when was that well do you remember when somebody bought one a a 10 for ten thousand? if i don't we don't know if that was a real sale or not i guess i'll I'll just say but (laughs) yeah that's sad (laughs) You can buy that Pikachu now for $15. Well, a lot of people think it was manipulated because of this catchiness involved with it. But Well, there's that. And people were, like you said, just dying to get any Pokemon product. So even after these things had cooled down and I bought mine for $35, you know, that's still a good little chunk of money. Even, even though that was for the Pikachu only, but... Yeah, I basically bought that to complete my set, and then I sold those shortly after. And now for 15 bucks, I might buy one back. I really need to start a binder of uh, just small cards that I like. I really need to do that. But Yeah, I actually have it, and it's pretty nice. It's got like the Radiant Rare Shiny Venusaur from Go, a bunch of other cards. I ended up selling a decent amount, unfortunately. Well, not necessarily unfortunately, but to get some cash and... I figure they're so cheap, I'll eventually get some more back. Yeah, or I need to just start a little stack of card savers, just tucking them away. Because, yeah, I do like a lot of these little cards. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I had a Celebration Fanfare promo was revealed for yep. 2023. Different uh, artists this year. Yep, these are just little fun cards with a lot of Pokemon featured and really cool artwork. Um, It's in Japan. You have to get 30 championship points over the course of the season, and you'll receive the card in the mail. Which is pretty pretty not much, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be like, you know, maybe, I don't know. If I had to put a price on this card raw near mint condition... No more than 40, but probably like 20. I don't know. A lot of these cards end up like if you go to the 2022 one, I mean, they're not exactly dirt cheap. Here, let's see. Yeah. I mean, they're not like crazy expensive, but I thought they were a couple hundred. Looks like, let me see sold items here. Let's see. Fanfare promo. I guess I'll have to put in Pokemon there, but. Pokemon Fanfare Promo 2021, which that I would imagine that's kind of a rare one given the a pandemic. 10, a 10 went for 250. Well, Raw is around 100, it looks like, 120. So they have came down, or at least, or maybe it was the 2021 version. Yeah, it looks like the 2021 Raw one is like 60 to $90 Raw. Um, well, one just bought... This was July for 200, 180 for July. I mean, it's a little more than that. This is 2021, 170, 200. Yeah, so that one's definitely more rare. Yeah, and then here's a 2022 one that's graded Jim Mint 10 that sold for 30. So 
a 10 in that is 30, but the year before is like 90 raw. So that, that makes is, that makes sense with the pandemic. I'm sure that is probably, you know, one of the rarest ones. Well, the one, what are you looking at? I'm looking at August 5th. One just sold for 250 PSA 10, the 2022. Uh, there's another one. Another 250 August 1st. Are we not looking at the same card? 130 raw. Oh, you you were looking at um, it's Ty. That's what you oh about. yeah, yeah. You gotta watch it. that. And then you have the Jakarta Indonesia is the one that sold for thirty. Yep. So yeah. Gotcha. Yep. It's still relatively cheap though. So this this one raw might be forty to fifty. I think at its lowest. There's gonna be a lot of people getting it. But uh, yep. yep. Pretty cool looking card. Got um, the Charmander on it, so it's already got the Pikachu and Charmander texts. I guess we'll just uh, talk very quickly about the regional season. They did. Yeah. I guess we won't even run down the list, but uh, no. They did announce the regionals for uh, the end of this year into next year. It goes from September to May. Um, so this is the Pokemon season. They have. You know, everything for the U.S. and Canada, Europe, special events, pretty much everything is on there. They released the dates, the locations, the organizer, the games. Um, pretty much everything in the U.S. is TCG, video game, and Go all together. Closest one to us is, what was it? Peoria. Yeah, Peoria, Illinois. It's about um, four to five hours from here. Yeah, but that's coming up. That's like next, that's a month from now, or two months from now. Yeah, so, so. they had, so we, we were kind of t discussing this. So they had uh, a signing in Charlotte in March. They only gave a six-week heads up. And Kuki Saito was, that was the same time we were in KCCon in September, right? Yeah, so that, that had occurred in September last year. I wonder if they'll get somebody at what? One of these events this year but they gave only like six weeks heads up for the uh him Hino signing yeah i mean and we talked about it too it's one of those things where i mean i don't really care all that much for signatures but i mean it'd, it'd be worth it to go like no well what, if it's somebody like arita it would be a shit show yeah arita does do a lot of signings yeah, it, though it, it, he does. He does. I mean, he, he probably makes more money doing that than his art, than doing art stuff. Yeah, like Arita by far does the most. But yeah, I mean, I feel like he's a classic, though. Everyone's gonna like him. He's a really cool guy. Um, or like if they ever got Kamiya. But it sounds yeah. like he's very he's very against stuff like that. So or not against it, but he does. He it's not doesn't fit his personality. I don't think he, he likes doing it. Yeah. But yeah, that's about it. If you guys are interested, check that out. Um, I, there's a lot of places that I recognize here. Going to Pennsylvania, Illinois. Mm -hmm. um, you know the usuals, California, Texas. Knoxville, Tennessee. That's kind of the most like obscure one. Indianapolis and Indiana. Like those two. Other than that, I mean, pretty much all the key places, you know, Charlotte, Orlando, L.A., Toronto. But, yep, should be pretty cool. But 
Guess we should hop on into our main topic, though. Yep. So, Disney Lorcana. I guess let's just uh, let's start this off by a general recap. You know, I, w- I was thinking about making a video on my channel about this and kind of doing the Lorcana timeline, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, aside from these events that I'm about to mention, we did not have any news essentially. Mm-hmm. For Lorcana, but last year at the D23 convention, early September, I think it was, because I think it was like September 11th when I bought my set. But uh, yeah, that's when they had the D23 convention. It's like a bi yearly thing where people can go, a bunch of Disney fans. They announced very closely to that, like within, I think, a month before that, that they were making a TCG. And people will be able to see some of the products there. Found out they were giving away Mickey promo cards in person. Mm-hmm. And you could buy the collector set of six cards that you know we now know today is pretty much being the grails of the hobby so far and what is For expected. $49.99. Yeah. Fifty bucks got you one mm-hmm. of those. But yeah, they're You know, if this thing takes off at all, these are essentially going to be the grails, obviously. But, uh, yeah, you could buy it for 50 bucks. It was pretty much confirmed. Um, You know, I don't really have much to back it up. But these Discord groups were very small at the time. And me and Philip were in them. And Ryan Miller and uh, a couple of the other guys who were actually on the Lorcana team, and Ryan Miller being the lead designer, he was actually active in the Discord group. So they were relaying a lot of information like that week of what was going on. And they said there was only 300 of these collector sets per day. So it was a three-day event, so 900 sets. There was probably a few more, you know, for the staff and all that, of course. But I would say no more than a thousand. Then you have the Mickey promos. And obviously they ran out of these sets every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Only yeah. 300 available, so each day. Yep. There was actually a video of a box opening that I saw, which we'll get to. Um, this guy was like the person in line where like he was at D23 last year. And he was behind the last person who got a set, and the pers- the people in front of him got four. It was a hus- <sighs> it was a husband and a wife and two kids in strollers, oh. and they used the kids in strollers. They counted like four people, so they got four sets. So that would pretty much send me over the edge. It's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Lorcana was kind of in the wrong for that. I get it; they're kids, but. Come on, do you, not, do you need four sets? It's going to the parents. I'm sure the dad or whoever is dealing with the flipping is going to be the one in charge of taking care of all that. Yeah, you can't sure give two more like to other people who are right there. They would probably sell two or whatever, and then they would keep two for the kids, and that would be their, their they, you know, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Frustrating. But yeah, I, uh, I'll get to him later, though, but... Uh, yeah, even the Mickey promos, they were rumored to sell out. Well, they did say they sold out. Well, they, the Mickey promos weren't for sale. They were being handed out for free. Yeah, ran out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But uh, they they quickly realized 
the prices of these things on the secondary yep. market, and they never disclosed how many Mickeys there were for sure. I would say a thousand per day, maybe. That might that might be what we somebody we originally thought it was around five thousand, but we qu- quickly learned that that was not accurate. And if you look at graded, there is a thousand graded. So I think potentially a thousand a day is a pretty good estimate. Yeah, it is about Honestly. three times as much as the other cards graded. So it would make make sense. But uh, yeah, so basically that that weekend, you know, you could buy sets. The first sets were five hundred dollars. That that lasted <laughs> a couple. That lasted like an hour. Yeah, yeah. The first set we we said, hey, that's gonna be. Like we were talking about, because we, we we were actually recording when you said, "Hey, guess what? It's just been announced that Disney Lorcan is going to have something." And they know it's going to be a D twenty three, which is two days after the fact. And we were like, "Uh, maybe five hundred bucks, so like a ten times on the secondary market." That's what we thought it would be, and it we were kind of right, technically right, which is the best kind of right of it being five hundred dollars. But then things start going wonky. Yep. Throughout the event, people, you know, were finding out the numbers. More were becoming available. People are like, oh, after the event's over, there'll be plenty available. So they'll go down. They kept going up. They reached, I think, like 26, 2500 that first day, if I remember right. They did come down um, pretty quickly. I'd say the event was three, no, the event was two days, maybe three days. And within the three to five day period between day one and like two days after, these sets settled down about 2,000. And uh, about a week or two after that, people were kind of going back and forth and they they settled down a little bit more. Um, But we did scoop them up pretty quickly. We both got our sets for under 2K. And... They very quickly like went right back up after the initial talks of this and people, you know, theorizing about the cards and all that. The hype really started to build. These cards were being shown off. The discords were, you know, growing. The PSA cards were coming back. People who got them graded, PSA shared like a picture of one and. Yeah, things started taking off, and these sets just skyrocketed. Well, I bought mine. I'm looking at it right now because I was curious. How about mine September 4th? So the D23 was the 9th, 10th, and 11th of, of 2022. And I felt like I had to move heaven and earth just to be able to quickly get that because I didn't have the money on hand. So I had to sell a lot of Pokemon product quickly, and I did. And I was able to secure it. Now... In the two weeks, I was trying to sell everything else. It ended up taking me a month or so to get everything else, four to six weeks. In that time, as Nathan was suggesting, it went from around under 2K to about 3 to 4K within a matter of just a couple weeks. And in that window, like I could have bought another one if it was around 2K. But it was heart-wrenching. As soon as I got enough for 2K, it was up to 3K. I was like, oh. So I couldn't, I couldn't get in our set. But that was very frustrating. Yeah, I looked and I got mine September 11th. It was the 9th, 10th, and 11th. And I remember buying it like just after lunch, but before the event ended. Like I was very strategic and I was watching them. 
and they were already like settled down. So basically, yeah, they started out 2,400. They quickly went down to like 26, 27 or 16, 1700. I mean, yeah, some did, some did. And I was watching, you know, we were both watching like a hawk and you could see them mellow out and then you'd see a couple sales for 1800. Okay. 1750. Here's, here's one for 2k. So they were, they were not going down anymore. And basically I made a decision on the last day of the convention. It's like, I need to buy this before that convention ends because the, you know, as soon as that last one is sold on the last day of the convention, people are going to freak out and like, Oh, I didn't get one. I need to buy one quick. And that's pretty much what happened. Like they, they were kind of steady for a little bit. They went up to 2k and stayed there for a while. I think like a few it was weeks. just a couple of weeks. It was just a couple of weeks and then it started going up. And then it quickly went to 2,500 to 3k. And yeah. then it was quickly up to 3,500 within a matter of like a week and a half. If that, yeah. but like, I just remember it was about two week period. There was a, there was a two week period. I was trying to get another, and you know, in addition to all this, people were literally not paying attention to the sets they were buying. They were a lot as we kind of figured. Disney's going to bring in a lot of new blood to the TCG world. A lot of we've kind of already seen that before, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later about how people have no experience with TCG. Well, a lot of people were buying from eBay sellers with. No review ratings, a negative one review rating because they canceled an order on one of these things. Yes, a negative one. You know, it is one of those things where it's like people weren't even thinking, which we've also seen already with the pre-release. And people are getting kind of burned in some of the quality of some of these cards. You know, I'm pretty fortunate. You got, what, five out of ten? Yeah. You know, and I got... I got obviously six out of six in a PSA 10, which, you know, very lucky. I had three out of 10 and then one out of nine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, wait, what was it? Was it the Elsa? The Elsa was a nine. I had, I had four that got a 10 and the Elsa and Dragon got a nine. But, I, uh, you know, I kept those. Obviously, things went on, you know, much more. Um, And, yeah, that's pretty much D23 wrapped up. And that is really the only news we had until they revealed the products themselves. So, during this whole next year, up until last week, they've been releasing, you know, card art here and there. They released the product images, you know, booster boxes, the gift set, the, the Lumineers Trove, they call it. They yeah, had it was a really like solid February. lineup. Yeah, it was like February or March. It was late February, I think, yeah. early March. They released the date it was going to come out. They released the, the what the item was going to look like, packs, everything. That's when we saw another surge in the market for the D23 cards and the Mickey promo. Yep. There was a... Uh, there was another event. I want to say either France or Germany. I want to say Germany. Um, they were at a card convention over there. They had the products there to display, but they were not letting people like see them or open them. Um, but then, yeah, fast forward, and we have Gen Con, which just wrapped up. It was last weekend. And, uh, you know, they announced this ahead of time. Lorcana was going to be there. 
Yeah. They initially said, you know, you'll be able to play in-person events with the starter decks. So people assumed like you'd be able to buy a starter deck and then play in these events. But it turns out you could just participate in these events and you actually got a starter deck for playing in the event. Not only that, but they actually had products to sell, including booster boxes. And they were giving away a new Mickey promo, mm-hmm. um, a steel type. Musketeer. Yep. And yeah, secondary market, same situation. Secondary market went crazy. Um, a lot of, they did announce and release their companion app like a week before this. So yep. you could actually get on there and see the entire set aside from the Enchanted Rare slot, which was revealed at Gen Con. Or not really revealed. People started opening packs and discovering these Enchanted Rares, which are numbered as Secret Rares. So they are Secret Rares. They do have the Hollow Pattern as the D23 set, but they have the Enchanted Rare symbol at the bottom, and it's basically the set's Secret Rares. So this was a surprise to everybody... uh, you know, opening product. So it was kind of an exciting reveal, just that they kept it secret. And then, you know, it came out at D23. People found out who were opening packs. But, uh, yeah, there's actually plenty of box openings out there on YouTube now. A lot of people pulling these cards. Um, the pack layout is what I was most impressed with. It's It's a really satisfying pack layout. It's basically kind of like magic, but you get three hits in a pack. You get your six commons, three uncommons. Then you get two rare slots. So instead of one rare slot and a foil, you get two rare slots and a foil. And in that rare slot, or both the rare slots, you could get a rare card, a super rare card, a legendary card. So if you're super lucky, I mean, probably incredibly rare, but you could get two legendaries and one pack. And then the foil slot in the back is, you know, a foil slot where any card in the set could be foil. So it could be a foil common, it could be a foil super rare, or it could be a foil enchanted rare, which is like the alt art equivalent, you know, of Lorcana, if you want Mm -hmm. to relate it to Pokemon. And from what it looks like, they're not guaranteed in every box. Um, I watched a guy open three boxes and got none. I watched three guys open two boxes and get one in each. It's rumored that it's about one in... Some people think one in two boxes, but from what I've seen, I watched a lot of it. I think it's one in four boxes, which is a case for Lurkana. But you could get more. You could get more in a particular case, it seems like. Like, you might not get any, or you could get two or three. Yeah, I don't know if it's a guaranteed or if that's just about what the rates are, which would put it obviously around one in a and ninety six packs. Mm-hmm. I did see some people opening the packs, and the common cards were the same in like multiple packs, like same order. So it looks like they're seeded on purpose to like have at least certain common cards in certain places. And people assume that's for, like, drafting purposes, like, to where if you do a draft with these cards, you can build a deck that, you know, makes sense. Um, So, yeah, it kind of makes me think that 
You know, it should be one in four boxes or one per case. But, uh, yeah, hopefully they watch that. If that's definitely the thing, uh, you got to watch the secondary market, kind of like we sorts. You know, people can buy a case and get the hit and then sell the other boxes. But I think they'll uh, really limit that. Well, and what's interesting is we talked about the rates, correct? About one in 96, but one, about one in 100 packs, a little bit less. So with how much we expect to be printed between every LGS, every basically every big box store in the country, I mean, you're looking at millions of packs, right? Millions. Yeah. Um, you know, hundreds of thousands potentially booster boxes. So just kind of think with that in mind how common these cards will be eventually, right? Like eventually, once enough product is opened. Um, well... Whenever you have like a Tinkerbell potentially sell for $4,000 with these pull rates, you're having a lot of people with FU money just throwing their money blindly at stuff. If We don't know if it's legit or not. I mean, it says it sold. It could have been a, it could have been a, a fake buy, people trying to hype the market. But what we do know is there's a lot of these cards that have been selling pretty consistently, especially the Elsa, for around a grand. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at, at eBay sold, you have like Aurora's over a grand, over three thousand. The Mickey Mouse, uh, the Enchanted is over three thousand. You know, it's there might be people actually paying this, and if it if they actually are, I couldn't even imagine having that much money with just spending like that without thinking. Yeah, like I never want to hear again how. People with money are good with money because that's clearly not true. <laughs> that's not true at well, all. Well, they just have so much they don't need to worry in some cases. Maybe. Like, they just want maybe. the card. They want to see it now. But I'm go. just saying if you're willing to make impulse buys like that with this, you're, you probably do that in a lot of other stuff in your day-to-day life. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things where... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no matter how many times people say, like, every post on the subreddit, every Discord, you know, obviously there's going to be more of these if you just wait. Their price will go down. Like, no matter how many times it's said, the same thing happens, and it always will. Um, people just want the card now. They want to see it now. They want to be the first to have it. Um, you know, more power to you. But... I was going to check eBay real quick to see what these are at. They, you know, they have the same rarity as some alt arts. Um, I would say these are 100 to $300 for the good ones. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess eventually, but I think all these, besides maybe a couple, are going to be le- around 50 bucks. Yeah. That's what I think. Once enough is opened. The majority are me between like fifty and eighty, with a couple between one and one twenty-five, and one of those being Elsa, the other one being Aurora, because I think Aurora is one of the best artworks out of all these enchanted cards. Simba is pretty good too, though, like actual genuine good artwork. Yeah, the Aurora. I mean, I haven't looked at gameplay exactly, but apparently it's like a really OP card. Like, uh, let me pull this up. I'm actually looking at one right now. It's a five cost, but you can shift three, so you can play it for three if you put it on another Aurora. But your other characters have Ward, 
which is opponents can't choose them except to challenge. So when she's on the battlefield, you pretty much can't target any other monster or any other character that's on the same side of the field as her. Like you just can't do anything to them unless you challenge them. But, uh, you know, challenging in this game is basically like attacking. You can't even challenge unless they're exerted themselves. So it's, uh, you know, we're not going to dip into the rules or anything, but basically for me to kill one of Philip's characters or for me to challenge one of Philip's characters, he has to either quest and gain points or challenge with that card, you know, basically open himself up for an attack. So, yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. When this is on the battlefield and you can just have your characters sit there and you can't be targeted, it's pretty OP. And also just want to say real fast, these cards are just different artworks of cards in the set. Mm-hmm. So like this is just 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 to further clarify that because I've I've seen several places where there's confusion with that already on social media. These cards are alternate artworks of cards in this set. The function is the same as the less rare cards that they are equivalent to, but it's special artwork for the collectors, which is what we talked about. We weren't sure if they would have anything for collectors in the first set. There's kind of whispers and rumors that they might reveal it closer to launch, which they did. That's kind of what I thought might happen, but I wasn't sure. I thought they might have been playing it really safe, but you do need that collector aspect to help perpetuate the hype and the spread of exposure. Yep. Yep, it is. Yeah, like you said, a literal exact same card, different artwork, um, different hollow pattern, because a normal hollow pattern in the set is just a shiny hollow. It's kind of a little disappointing, honestly. Um but it's not meant to be super special. It's like the old style magic hollows where it's just shiny. But yeah, the enchanted rares do have the special hollow, the exact same hollow as the D23 set. Um, all the cards from the D23 set are in the actual set as well. It is an exact copy of a card there, but it's kind of like, I don't know, it's not exactly the same, but like Elsa, for instance, they took an Elsa from the set and then they gave it the enchanted rare hollow treatment, but it's not supposed to have that treatment because the enchanted rare is like the bigger Elsa. So the the kind of thing they're going for, like Elsa, for example, they have three different Elsas in the set. They have like a low cost one, a mid tier one, and then they have like this high cost, really powerful one. And for some reason they chose like the mid tier one to be like the D23 promo. So they took that card out of the set. They gave it a special hollow treatment. They put the D23 Expo and a first edition mark on it. And that is the D23 set. So I think that's a very important thing to note. Like, yeah, people are saying, well, the same cards in the set. It's like the closest thing you can get is like pulling the hollow version of that, but it'll be a different hollow. It won't have D23 Expo and it won't have first edition on it. Which are key. They are key because they might be the only cards we see that ever has the first edition stamp on it. Mm -hmm. 
that is something that's going to be very important because they will be the every card even even the like hook one of the le- less desirable cards that card just because eventually assuming it's as successful as we believe it is and it looks like it will be it's one of those things that eventually people will catch notice of those cards i think you're going to see a little bit like the pokemon 2020 hype in some regard people jumping into the hobby having little to no knowledge or experience within tcg just blowing money on seal product blowing money on opening just and thinking they're seeing these prices they're thinking oh my god look how expensive it is and obviously there's there is going to be a hype with these prices much more expensive than they should be because like, like i said i think 100 car 100 125 max for any of these all starts but because of the demands going to be so high and the naivety or slash ignorance, however you want to say it, is going to be also very high. People are going to be paying egregious prices. It's going to take decades for the cards to ever come back in value that you're going to see at these cards. Yep. I do really think, though, the Enchanted Rares, I mean, if it's successful, I just look at Pokemon like they're going to be as important as alt arts. And, yeah. even, and even in Pokemon, you have the special arts, or you have the art rares, and then you have the special art rares. So you almost have two tiers. So this is basically like Pokemon cutting out the art rares and only having the true alt arts. It's kind of well, like, like Evolving Skies if you took out all the V cards. Like, I, you know. I can see them once they become more established to increase the rarity for collectors. Um this might be a couple of years down the road, though. I could see them potentially making something equivalent to not as crazy as like the all starts we saw in um, uh, Sword and Shield, like you know, like the Umbreon, like one in a thousand, one hundred, eleven hundred packs, whatever it was. I don't think we're gonna necessarily see something like that, but I think we are gonna see closer to what we see right now with the top ones being like one in four hundred, one in four fifty to pull. I could see a push towards that level with better art because I think of these enchanted rares, I think now the hollow and the, the aesthetic looks great, but some of the art is kind of lackluster, which isn't necessarily different from Pokemon's first set. Yeah, I know people want to say it's amazing with art, but no, it's pretty basic. It really is. A lot of the art has become iconic and it has kind of changed the narrative around it. But in and of itself, I mean, maybe the Charizard. But if you look at a lot of those from base set, they're, they're pretty plain Jane. Yeah. They they really are. And I think people are like expecting some sort of crazy background, in-depth artwork. I think they're going to play it safe with the alt arts in the first set. And for several sets, actually. First year, I could see them doing that. And just like we saw with base set or the, from the first gen to Neo... Neo to the to the E sets, we saw e-reader sets, we saw a clear increase in art, and I expect that we're going to see something follow suit because the backgrounds on some of these alt arts are kind of plain. But we also discussed how in Pokemon's most recent set, they kind of had that simplicity in the background too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it's kind of falling into a nice place. You know, they're definitely more rare than art rares. But they're not maybe as rare as certain, you know, alt arts. But they're uh, they're definitely pricey. Um, you know, obviously right now, but I mean, like a pricey outlook in the future. I could see fifty to a hundred being the norm. Um, yeah, a ten, maybe a couple hundred. 
maybe 500, maybe, maybe for like an Elsa 10 around there, but that's pushing it in my opinion. Once things settle. I'm kind of thinking raw prices because I'm also factoring in how hard the product will be, you know, obviously to get. So I'm for the thinking, first couple months, yes. I'm thinking even like a, a good card like Maleficent Dragon, non-hollow. Like it's pretty well known. That's a very good card, you know, effect wise. I feel like that card is gonna be like thirty bucks raw, you know, just for from people buying it, wanting to have it in their deck. Well, see, I can see that, but I'm talking about like what's the high end? I mean, once things settle, I mean, look at how you can buy pokemon unlimited base set for if you wanted to under 500 dollars. near mint would be another story obviously because of the base set zard but you can get it a whole set for under 500 for unlimited to this day yeah that's just that's just what now obviously you know that's probably moderately played condition you know but even if you wanted a near mint lightly played it's probably still around maybe a thousand which isn't crazy expensive Someone so just, it's just uh, someone just put up an Aurora Enchanted Rare for five hundred dollars. Buy it now. Well, there, there's a soul listing of the Aurora and Elsa for two grand. <laughs> I know this is like uh, one of this the, is a sucker boy. This, is, this is not cheap, but it's one of the cheaper ones. I it's a new so, listing. Like it literally went up, and I bet this is probably sold very quickly because people are somebody, still buying these up. I would just, I mean, yeah, there's a stitch for a grand, which isn't. It's gonna be the Elsa. People are going to think, yeah, I see the one of these like CF500. People are going to think the Elsa is going to be the it card, but no. People, if people are spending money on this, they could that money could be better served on the D23 cards because once the dust settles. So here's kind of something I think with the D23 cards. Once people kind of become more familiar, more knowledgeable, realize the D23 cards are the creme de la creme. I could see several things occurring. Obviously, we've already seen the D23 cards go back to about their March to April highs, right? More or less. Um, but it's like an approximation. Well, I could see them steadily increase the next few months, but the hype being around the actual set cards. And then I could see within a year, I could see another surge in the D23 cards. I could almost see like a slow trickle, something we kind of saw with the Japanese promos, right? With yeah. the hype. I could almost see something like that occur. Now, it'll be interesting because I was thinking it'd be all at once. But, you know, after kind of seeing things, how kind of seeing how reality is kind of playing, I think it might take a while for the D23 cards to reach their new highs. And eventually their floor is going to be higher than whatever they are right now. Yeah, and I think when once people like realize that, I mean, the hollow is absolutely amazing. It is my favorite hollow that Pokemon has done as well. They did it on some Sun and Moon promos. Um, once they see how cool this is, though, there, there's going to be people who want to collect all the enchanted rares. Um, the whole set, the whole set. Yeah. So they'll be looking and they're like, Oh, here's another Elsa. That's an enchanted rare. Like, you know, it's got the enchanted rare hollow. So not only is the 23 set have this label as like the, the only first edition cards, the only D23 cards, you know, really the only pre-release cards there are. But now it's got this label of, like, Enchanted Rare, so people who are collecting all Enchanted Rares kind of have to include that in their list, too, because it's got the Enchanted Rare Hollow that, you know, differentiates everything else. So Well, 
I'm going to say the interesting thing is you could argue, actually not argue, it's probably true. Disney, as far as collectors go, I mean, maybe after sports collecting, Disney collecting, I, I, I can't say definitively, right? This is kind of all just like a, a hypothesis. I would say maybe Disney would be right behind that in terms of collecting. Would you, which could you think of anything else? I would say it's, it, it's higher than coins, I, I would think, or at least the fervor is higher than coins. Say it one more time. So would you say as far as like collectible markets are concerned, Disney might be one of the most collectible markets in, in, in the world or of any hobbies? Yeah, for sure. I would say sports is probably number one. But then I would say maybe it's Disney and then Pokemon or around there. Thing is with Pokemon, I mean, you have the Pokemon cards, obviously, but there isn't much merch compared to cards or other things. I don't know. You got clothing, you got got plushies. They're just now kind of capitalizing on all that within the last two years. Yeah, that's true. They've really revamped it. So now, yeah, they're on that path, but... Go look up videos of D23 and try to find a video. It's pretty easy, but find a video where someone's walking on the show floor. Like, we've talked about this. Listen to my words. There is so much random, stupid shit that Disney produces and these people go crazy for it. The pens. The pens. Just the pens. Just imagine like a Collecticon or bigger convention center filled with vendors like you would normally see. But every single vendor is a Disney theme. And every single vendor just has walls and walls of backpacks of cups of Disney pins of little cup holder mats of coffee mugs of oven mitts literal garbage in some sense like I saw this one person they they got a tumbler cup and one of the letters was already coming off so they they went over to the return table and they're like I was so excited for this mug and it's just really disappointing to get this mug after waiting for an hour and, and pay like, $50 for a mug that was made in China I'm like oh my gosh and props to you. I mean, if it makes you happy, go for it. But when you're talking about, and yeah, some of the Disney pins are collectible, um, but it is not a hobby where, you know, it's not like Pokemon. There's not like really money to be made outside of like flipping these items. Because Which is what people were doing. I, I think people make a business out of that. I think if you go in with enough capital, and you, ha- if it's you and one or two other people, you could probably clear six figures. Yeah, people literally go you, to these conventions could. just to buy up all the exclusive product and resell it. But, I mean, I was blown away. I knew, like, obviously, Disneyland, there's people who go to Disneyland multiple times a year every year just because and just spend thousands and thousands of dollars. Like... It's just insane the amount of stuff they produce and people just buy it up and literally just because it's Disney. Like, so the four pins of the Cinderella mice 
we're going for several thousand dollars last year for D23. And they're down to like 150 a piece, less than 100 in some cases. Just get, but the market's still like just for a pen, right? Like $100 for a pen. Yeah. That they probably paid five, 10 bucks for. And, you know, this is like a year after the fact. Oh, no. They paid 25 bucks for that at least. That's another thing. These well, things yeah. are not yeah, cheap. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. They probably paid more than that. But for something that costs them $2 to make. But, yeah. So. Yeah, as far as collectible things, I mean, I don't really consider a lot of things collectible, but as far as, like, capitalizing on their merchandise, like, yeah, they are definitely one of the largest, no doubt. Um, just apply that to a card game, and, I mean, the writing's on the wall. With it's, the collection is a part of the of the aspect. Like, it's built into it. Yeah. And just like, yeah, especially given the last two years, I mean, yeah, the writing is on the wall. It's obviously going to be a thing, whatever that thing is, you know, don't really know how big of a thing, but if there's anybody who can make it happen and stick around for a while, I mean, it's going to be Disney. They got, they got the villainous board game that's everywhere in stores. People love that game. Most people haven't even heard of it, but... If they can keep something like that alive, just imagine a card game. But. I mean, that kind of brings us to back to what we kind of, or I was kind of hinting at earlier in regards to the amount of new blood, new TCG blood that we're seeing introduced to this. It might be a bubble thing. I can't say definitively, but I remember whenever the Disney Lorcana thing, D twenty three sets, a lot of people buying. It was. About 50-50, I would say. People had a TCG experience and people that didn't. Um, it was one of those things where you can, you can kind of tell who who didn't. And then a lot of these people coming in into this, what I guess, technically the third way with, with Disney Lorcana in some in some senses in terms of news. The amount of people I'm seeing that have no idea, no experience with it is even higher. So there's, def- there's definitely just the... Um, the sub community of just Disney fans in general is enough to wedge Disney Lorcana into having a market. It's one of those things that it's going to be at their parks come September 1st. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be everywhere. And as more and more kids see it. And then the thing is, you know, the kids, it's easy to learn. The kids can engage in it, but the parents will be interested in it too. Cause it's something that they can use to connect to their kids and they know the characters. They can understand it. It's simple enough to understand it. Same thing with like the grandparents. It's one of the things that can quickly be introduced multi generationally very quickly because the the people's introduction and familiarity with the Disney logo, the Disney IPs, all of that. Yeah, and it's why some people were kind of seeing how we're kind of seeing amongst some YouTubers, amongst some influencers. It's either being you know skeptical, which is understandable, you know, of Lorcana. To in some cases being outright dismissive. Now, it makes sense because in some ways you could argue, although we kind of see how it's it's touching a different market, and there is definitely going to be some like a Venn diagram sort of like people that that the heck collect both. But if you're doing if you're watching a video on on YouTube for Pokemon, if you're making content for Pokemon, you're deeply entrenched into the Pokemon TCG hobby. So the chances are. You're going to seem anything outside of that, but you're probably going to be skeptical or disinterested in it because, let's face it, a lot of us people our age is tied to nostalgia. Yeah. 
the Pokemon collecting is. So, of course, something that not may not be as closely connected to as, like, Disney, even though we all grew up with Disney, right? The connection to it and association with it might not be as significant for people doing Pokemon as for people that might do Disney. So there's going to be a little bit of a disconnect there. But I think the people outright dismissing the potential for Lorcana are being, I mean, willfully ignorant at worst, at best being unfamiliar with how it might interact and don't want to touch it with like a 20 foot pole because they don't really care enough. I mean, it could be either or. Yeah. A lot of people I see, I mean, a lot of people are aware of it. A lot of people are asking, you know, Oh, what do you think of Lorcana? But not a lot of people are, you know, actually doing the thing. Um, you know, we're obviously in it for a very cheap price, so it's like hey, pretty easy. Free card. Yeah. card. <laughs> it's pretty easy for us to, you know, talk highly of it. And yeah. you know, of course, people are gonna say, "Oh, you're you're just talking about it because you have the cards." I'm honestly considering, like, not <clears throat> even you know, my original play was sell these cards, put it back into Pokemon, but yep. I'm honestly, unless we just see a super hyper-inflated bubble where I think I could buy these back, you know, three months later, i probably just going to hang on to these for a little bit because it's looking better than I even thought. Like, yep. I really think it's going to be something good. Um, I mean, um, I've changed. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go, I was going to say, I'm not going to be collecting it heavily or anything like that or opening booster boxes. If I found a booster box out in the wild, I would probably want to open it just for fun. Um, you know, obviously they're going to print this to the ground. Boxes will always be worth something, but I don't think it's worth holding on to it. Um, nope. You know, revisit that idea in like six months to a year, maybe. Like when, you know, maybe they're not printing it anymore. You know, re maybe revisit that idea then. If it's really taken off... Sure, people are going to want to open this box 20 years down the road if you think it's going to be going strong in 20 years. Well, but there's going to be a better place. Yeah, because it, let, let's kind of discuss the elephant in the room when comparing Disney or Pokemon um, seal booster boxes and Larkana. So, first thing and most obvious answer is nobody thought Pokemon <laughs> would be what it was today. So, a few people kept the product sealed. Now, yeah, the first edition, but here, keep in mind, yeah, the first edition is like a quarter of a million or whatever it is now. I know it's, it's fluctuated a bit after the hype, but the unlimited box can still be had for 15000 Okay. Yeah. 15000 after another burn rate that was the 2020 hype. Let's just kind of keep that in mind there. So if that's what Pokemon boxes had, when nobody thought it was going to be worth anything, to keep it sealed, what's the price for a Disney first chapter box going to be when everybody and their mom's keeping it sealed like people are in the Pokemon hobby? Yes, Pokemon, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, blah, like, yes, Disney has a huge reach. It does. And it could have potentially as much, I think, as much as Pokemon. I don't want to say more, but as much. Um, because I don't know what a market like that would look like. But, um, I mean, looking about as much. So, I mean, Realistically, in 20 years, in my opinion, you're looking at the equivalent of a third to a half, if not less, of what an unlimited box is right now. 
I uh, I saw this post. I actually just looked it back up. It's from TCA Gaming. This was two days ago. He shared a picture of a base set booster box. And, uh, you know, he's got a few of them in the background there. But uh, he said, this is a bestseller nowadays. But there was a time when $25 for the entire box was the price. That was the public price. So I imagine many people were able to get them for even cheaper. So just imagine a base set box for $25. I mean, I would say if Orkana ever went that cheap, go ahead and buy a couple boxes, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean right? Yeah. I mean, if it ever got... happen, but... I could see it being printed to the point where I think you're looking at 150 200 probably being cheapest for the Disney Orkana first chapter. Like, yeah. the reason why people left the hobby, right? Well... With Disney being how it is, I could see them keeping that that interest rolling, just like Pokemon can, as well. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, I think one fifty. Like, we could get to MSRP, which is only like what one twenty, one forty. But yeah, I think one fifty will be the mark. Um, you know, these boxes will still be sought after you know just from the sheer amount of people like you said keeping them sealed um that's going to take up a lot of the demand but i think 150 would be a good spot to settle at um if i could find a box for 150 and you know me and a buddy or me and you were wanting to open it that'd be fun to open at 150 um it's just like a 151 box right now yeah so why not but uh yeah i'm not going to be collecting it i'm purely just holding on to the d23 set and uh, i do want to buy the starter decks um there's three starter decks you get a booster pack in each of those so it'd be cool to open up a starter deck open up the pack throw a couple cards from the pack in there and you know just have something to play with to experience the game with i'm really into magic i like playing magic so i'd like to have you know this available and uh, I think this really fits the family dynamic. Like, Pokemon is almost too simple and boring, in my opinion, to play. Um, I even played in the, I think I mentioned this before, the state championship in Kansas City, like 2011. Me and a friend went just because. Um, but yeah, I made a deck that did pretty well a year before, and, you know, it was fun, but it was a year when Next Destinies came out, and, like, Mewtwo EX, like, took the world by storm. <clears throat> it's fun, like, at that level, but even then, you know, Magic is way better for playability, but Magic is so complex, it's hard to bring to, like, a family setting until your kids are much older. And I think Lorcana really fits the bill, like... It's so close to magic, like it really feels more, not really convoluted, but, you know, many layers to it. It's that nice middle ground where, you know, all people can kind of have fun. Like, if I play this with my kid, I'd actually have a lot more fun than playing Pokemon with my kid. But it's just a, just the way the, the game works and all that. But, uh... I did want to mention real quick, though, like thing you said about missing the demographic and, you know, crazy Disney collectors. That's what a lot of the the haters 
are really saying. I mean, you know, if you're a hater, you know, it's like your opinion, man. But uh, yeah, you can say what you want. You know, we we need haters to, you know, be in a healthy spot. You know, if obviously if everyone's shouting from the rooftops, you're kind of in a hype situation. But uh, yeah, welcome all the criticism for sure. But the thing that a lot of people aren't realizing is like we're in our own TCG bubble right now. The game like hasn't even released yet. Everyone who even knows about it up until this last weekend was, I mean, you pretty much had to be in the know, like in the hobby, active on Instagram to even know about this thing. Mm-hmm. And even Or at- know somebody that, that is, that was, so that you saw something about it. Mm-hmm. And even like after this weekend, I mean, the only people who really know about it now are those, you know, highly involved people in the hobby or highly aware people, I should say. And then you also got this new group this weekend of like just the game industry as a whole, which is still its own bubble. Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, you have PSA sharing these cards, you have CGC sharing these cards on social media. But who even follows them? You know, people who are very active in the hobby. So we still have a lot of new people to go. Um, The growth is just going to be exponential until, like, most people. Like, there's going to be more people who learn about this game seeing it on the shelf than there are who know about it right now. And then it's going to be one of those things where... I think it's just going to take, it's going to be a slow trickle, right? Because one thing that helped Pokemon was the game in the show. Well, there is no game announced, like, you know, like a, an actual game. I know Disney has expressed interest in putting more revenue into making games, but and I would assume that would spread to Lorcana, but none of that is in the works yet. There's no show. None of that's in, in, in the works yet. So the, these are avenues that Pokemon was able to capitalize on and how they were able to indeed spread interest into the TCG. See, my, now, my thing is with that, though, there's already shows. There's already hundreds of shows, hundreds of movies. There's there already, is. There's already the Lion King movie. So that that is like been established before then. So it could scratch the surface, but I think if you want to – if you want – you, you, eventually a show has to be made in my opinion look at all this successful well, besides magic because magic kind of was the first so they did they did their own way but and they have a little bit older crowd but Yu-Gi-Oh! they had their own show and game pokemon their own show and game um even dragon ball z one piece same thing so i know but they started as like a manga so it's, a, it's like a little bit different but i think Eventually, that's going to have to happen. I think that's how it's going to go even to the to the next level. I think it's going to be a trickle, but I think a lot of people are going to jump on board. But I think what's interesting is one thing they ha- that's going to have to be happen is a show at some point. I don't know. I think I think Disney's almost got a better setup now than even those. Like I don't think a show's necessary at all, but. You know, I think the established lore of the movies and the shows and, you know, especially well, the movies, the how many people are connected to those. Well, that's true, but that's the thing. They've even acknowledged that Disney Lorcana is going to be set more or less in its own universe. 
it's going to incorporate the elements of these characters, but they're going to also build on those. Yeah, which but they're still the same characters. So, so that like... means that means they can create more characters within this world. That would be good, and they would benefit from that. Like, I don't know, people are literally going to be buying these packs just because. Oh, I love Disney. I want to see. I mean, what yeah, this is. I I agree, but I think it will get big of the hype because of Disney and the ability for them to be able to market it. But I think one of the things you're you're going to want to see long term, especially as it you want it to be strongly connected to the kid generation or the whatever generation of children, just like how it was with Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh!, I think at some point a show will be necessary to advance that lore. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Even MetaZoo. Yes, MetaZoo was talking about a show. I think it would help, but, I mean, let's just say Lorcana, you know, is fast forward to two years from now. Lorcana still doesn't have a show, but... You know, it's super successful. Yeah, it's it's going strong. People are loving it. It's not going crazy anymore, but people are still buying packs. New sets coming out. Let's go to the pre-release. You know, it's it's you know it's a good TCG. Disney releases I mean, I, like a new uh, a new movie. You know, whatever Encanto two, and Lorcana does their next set, kind of featuring. Encanto 2 characters like kids watching that movie it'll be the same equivalent to us watching the show like that movie's going to take off for like two months that's going to be all kids want to watch they can buy these cards and have Encanto 2 characters on them I think that might be how they start it eventually it's hard to say I I think it's going to be successful with the amount of people that love Disney and just the collector aspect, it's strong out the gate, in my opinion. Just purely, the, especially if you love Disney, that it's going to hook, line, and sinker people that collect Disney stuff. Anybody. Anybody that loves Disney is going to be immediately enamored by the cards. I think the cards look great. Now, would I collect the whole set? Probably not necessarily. But would I collect several cards? Yes, I would. I did get excited. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to do a set binder. But then, you know, after watching just two or three booster box openings, it's like, I mean, yeah, you know, you realize how common these cards are going to be. I mean, yep. just anything, you're, you're, even the rares, yep. you know, even the it's super just, rares. But. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where I think that it'll be mostly affordable because I think most of these cards are going to be under a dollar a card. Like some of the commons, like 50 cents a card. Oh yeah, you know, you know, it's one of those things where I think it will be like if you wait two years, you'll be able to complete a set for probably under six, seven hundred dollars. Yeah, with the amount of cards that it is, you know, I think so. That'll be like a different story. Now, I don't think I would want to collect necessarily the first set, but there are certain cards I would like to collect to have a Disney Lorcana binder. I would be totally into that because my girlfriend actually makes fun of me. I don't do it as much as I used to, but I would watch Disney movies fairly regularly. Like, the Pixar movies especially, which we haven't even hinted on. They're only right now doing uh, the Disney IPs, not even the, the Pixar IPs. But I can't tell you how often I watch various Pixar movies every year. Yep. Uh, yeah, and just like, I mean, we've been watching them more here lately, just with the kiddo. You know, she's turning two. She's just getting to the point where 
she she's gonna love Elsa. Yeah, she can <laughs> sit down and like actually watch the majority of the movie. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. Disney's got got the touch. I mean, they they make those movies not only for kids, but they're entertaining for adults too. Like the way yeah. they do them. If you haven't seen a Disney movie in a while, I mean, give it a try. I mean, there's adult humor, like, within the layers of the story. And and I know right now people want to give Disney flack because all they're doing is live-action remakes, which I agree. I'm about d- done with most of that crap, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, give us something original. Like, the, the Hunger Book live-action was awesome. And then the Stitch one seems in- interesting because I rewatched Stitch not too long ago. And I was like, you know, this would be an interesting live action. But the problem is they're like, the writing's not very good. It's pretty lazy, in my opinion. So it's like, can you trust for it to even ones that might be good to be good? Well, I'm they, not they interested. They the formula, you know. Someone, <laughs> yeah. Someone's the underdog and something happens and then they do something cool and then, yeah, touchy-feely. Well, I mean, the uh, Pixar movies, Pixar still being the creme de la creme, more or less, from Disney. You know, I haven't seen the most recent one, Elementals, but supposed to be really good. You know, I'll, I'll see it eventually. But just in general, I feel like they put a little bit more money into the Pixar. Most of the Disney movies are kind of sloppy. Like outside of like Frozen 1, Frozen 2, I mean, what's something else in the last decade that Disney came out with that was like actual Disney, not Pixar, but Disney? Yeah. Well, in like, Canto, think- is that most, is that main Disney? That one's pretty big. I, I don't even know. Like that, I think that's Pixar. That, that movie may it? have been out like for five years. I don't know. I just see them on Disney Plus. I'm like, oh yeah. I thought that was Pixar, but you might be right. See, I never actually watched that movie because I don't know. I just couldn't get into. It. I know you had Tangled. That one was pretty good. Oh, well, Coco was Disney, right? Yeah. So it, no, Moana. Moana is the other one in the last ten years. That's that one was pretty good. But yeah, most of the last five years, I'll say. They haven't really had a whole lot. I guess the pandemic has something to do with that, but still. Yeah. Here's one thing that I heard, too. Like, if they're going this hard on the first set, how long could they last? You know, we already got, you know, Lion King represented. Like, I forget how many things represented in the first set, but, like, more than 20. That's a lot. You got Lilo, Stitch, Moana, you know, the OGs are in there. Not only that, but you have like three different iterations Mickey's. of Mickey. Yeah. But you don't really. I mean, you, there's a lot you could do. Disney has a lot to pull from. There's there is no young Simba, right? They don't have young Simba. I don't think they have Mufasa. You know, I'm going to. They have a young Simba in there. Do they? And they have a they have a special card that's like Mufasa. That's they like, do have Hercules, but they don't have an all art. I mean, think about Pokemon. It's, it's not too far off, right? I mean, we've mentioned for years, I mean, for a lot of the sets the last few years, how the commons, uncommons, rares are mostly generic, mm-hmm. you know, and how they separate themselves as from their secret rares. Now, you have cool ones like, for example, Lilo, the Galactic Hero. That's a cool one. Like, you can do a lot of different, like, look at Charizard, right? All the different little, hell, even the most recent one is still, people are going crazy for it. You know, it looks like trash. I I think you're going to have a similar fervor. Everything you can say, like, oh, how long can they sustain it? Just look at Pokemon. It's no different. 
you're just talking 2023 alone too with the movie releases there are looks like what one two three four five six seven eight nine movies so you know we're only that's through july so nine different pieces of entertainment only in movies not counting shows no, so, there's there it is, yeah. you know, worst case scenario, they run out of ideas. They just release a product every time something new is made by Disney. Yeah. And, you know. Have it, have it correlated with the set. Like, have anything, if it's a live action, maybe have a live action theme set or have an, uh, something. Like, what they could easily do is have a Lion King universe themed, themed uh, um, expansion. Yeah, like I mean, they, they can do individual IPs and really, really expand on it. And if you, you know, if you look at twenty twenty two, they did sixteen major movies. This isn't counting shows or anything. Sixteen major movies in twenty twenty two alone. So worst case scenario, you have to do that. And even if you do that, you have sixteen sets a year, which is way overkill. You know, you're looking at more like four. Or they're five. only gonna yeah, they're only gonna have four. So it's like they they have plenty of ideas. Well, they're the now. I think that also the elephant in the room as well in this case is we both know the next year and the year following with this strike, there isn't going to be as much content. Yeah. Like the next couple years, there's going to be very minimal content coming out because of that. Like this year isn't is going to be mostly unaffected. But everything 2024, 2025, you know, they push back uh, Avatar 2, you know, all of this. And there's so much in, in development. Okay, so yeah. yeah. So they have, let's see, let's let's just look at the untitled. There's one, two, three. Yeah, there's only two untitled. Everything was pushed back, if you look at uh, Wikipedia, to twenty, basically late 2024. And it's 2025, 2026 is when things are, are expected to get back to normal. But if you look at next year... They only have, well, no, never mind. Hold on. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven movies within the next year and a half or, or so. Yeah. There's a Mufasa, The Lion King, Inside Out 2, which I'm actually pretty hyped on that. The Elio movie looks good, and so does the Wish movie. Both of those look good and look semi unique. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, too, they can correlate it with that as well for a movie like Frozen 3, right? Oh, here we go. They've already made it, already had like six Elsas already printed, but you know, I think what, what you're going to see is it's going to be pretty much all the IPs more or less in the first year, I think. And I think after year one, you're going to start seeing specific sets or like theme sets in some, in some regard to maybe not themed in terms of IPs, uh, but themed determined in like setting, feel, um, all of that. Yeah. Because they, like, you know, they have the Dreamborn and like look, Lore born as well. It's like they already had the material there to advance on the lore and create new characters, and I think that's going to be interesting if they if they do that and how that's going to be adapted to the the uh, media aspect, like TV, television, movie aspect of Disney. And I I do think once it gets as successful, or if we believe as successful as Pokemon is, it's one of those things. Can we see a lot of correlation, like movie promos, right? Oh, Frozen Three's coming out. Here's here's your movie promo, just like Ancient Mew. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is right, too. I mean, we might just be seeing such a variety because it's the first set. But, yeah, maybe they, like, focus in more, you know, set two, set three on a specific theme. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's pretty much expected they have endless of content to pull from, you know, when Disney's actively releasing new stuff more than they could produce sets. So, yeah, I think they will be more than okay. And I just also kind of want to say, um, uh, what was curious, we just didn't quite touch up on it real fast. So like the Mickey Mouse Musketeer promo, it was interesting because it followed a similar pattern as the Mickey Mouse promo. Obviously, there is significantly more of the Mickey Mouse Musketeer promo. But I thought what was interesting was it followed in some ways a similar pattern to the uh, Mickey Mouse Taylor promo. Started off at like a ridiculous rate, 1200 for the Mickey Mouse Musketeer. On eBay, it's already down to 80, 90 bucks. Um, I bet by the end of the week, we're probably down to 40. On Facebook, you can already see people trying to get, trying to sell them for forty or fifty. So it's kind of interesting if you're watching this. If it hits down to twenty or thirty, I think that's an interesting play. It's cheap enough to not have to worry about it if you buy a couple, and also if you say get like four or five for like one fifty, right? It's one of those things where though I could see those cards in the right environment quickly shooting back up to one one fifty. Yeah, they're not going to be near the D23, but no, they'll, no. Be, they'll be a good little chunk, because essentially this is the only card outside of D23 that's kind of like a pre-release, essentially. Well, there's also the goofy Musketeer promo that's coming out in Germany at the end of September. Well, actually, that's not a pre-release, technically, is it? Yeah. Well, it'll be it'll be a promo, is. but it's like after release. <laughs> so like yeah, even though technically. This, even though this Mickey's just a promo too, it's not really a pre-release card, but it kind of is cuz Yeah. If you look at the cards that come out before release, like the only thing that's not D23 is this Mickey. I but, think technically though the Goofy is for Europe a pre-release. Uh, technically. Gotcha. I I I'd have to check on that one. It's like August 24th or 26th or something like that. That, that they're having a bit in Germany. And I think it's a little bit later when the actual push release is in Europe. So I think technically it is. I think that card's pretty cool. But it, again, it's not hollow. So it's like, it'd be cooler if it was a hollow. Yeah. Um, you literally just have the, the stamp on there. but And that's it. That's, but, but that alone, now there's, in the Pokemon hobby, there is legit things when it comes to a, of having the same art, but the stamp being the main distinction. There's multiple instances where the value doesn't necessarily correlate as much as you would think. Um, and sometimes it's just kind of interesting. Like one of the ones that I can think of is the Satoshi Mark Greninja. There's three of them, you know, three different type of Ash Greninja cards. Or is it four? I'd have to, <laughs> there, there, there's multiple ones. And the one that, the TV Tokyo one that has the TV Tokyo stamp, it's like only 100. Yeah, there's so people are trying to get like five, 10 grand for it. There's only 100, but like you're not. I don't know if that card will ever go to insane levels because there's a more cheaper, cooler variant in the Satoshi Mark one. So, yeah, yeah, they'll they'll be definitely worth a little more than the set one, but yeah, graded. I mean, you're looking at a little premium, but not much. Um, the event itself, I mean, I guess we didn't really touch on this either. Seemed insane. The lines like really yeah. broke down. There was like hordes of people. They're, they, I don't know, they were just overwhelmed. Simple as that. Um, yeah. The fervor they did not expect. I think a lot of people, we talked about it last year. We sh- we like talk about going. We're kind of glad we didn't. But at the same time, we could have made some serious cash. Yeah. Yeah. It's People definitely took advantage of that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird couple days. 
Saturday and Sunday was much better, they said. But yeah, that yeah. Thursday and then Friday morning, because they announced Thursday that the line for Friday was going to start at 6 p.m. Thursday night. Yeah. So it's just insane. But uh, from what I saw online, people said they got there at like 10 a.m. They did have to wait, but they they still got a booster box. But a lot of the accessories and other starter decks and stuff sold out real quick. But it seems like they at least came semi prepared with booster boxes. They still sold out every day, but and they were also doing like they were punching your your card or like your ID or whatever it was to prove you've been you've already bought some. Which they learned from the D twenty three fiasco that you mentioned before about the four people with the two kids and trollers buying yeah. buying the D twenty three sets. And I also just want to say I. I kind of we kind of went on a tangent on there a little bit, but you said how you might keep your your D twenty three set. Well, I've changed my tune as well. Um, I eventually I actually was going to sell everything, um, but now I'm seeing what I could do about potentially keeping just the PSA ten Elsa because it has become very very clear that the Elsa is the crown jewel in the set, which is what we figured from the very beginning. Some people thought the Mickey. I'm like, nah. Not only is there too many of them, there's no special foiling. Yeah. I don't care if I don't care if it was Mickey. There was the, the, the no foiling was in the fact that the same car is going to be in the set with no foiling was going to really really hurt it. Whereas where the D twenty three Elsa is the first Elsa ever made, and it's got the hollow, and it's Elsa. You got the waifu tax. You got people. If you look at, I mean, everybody loves Elsa. Like it's probably I would say Elsa is even above like Simba. I would and I would say Elsa is rivaled in, in many cases for younger generation. Maybe even surpass Mickey in some ways. Oh yeah, for sure. And but, that's a lot of the hot the haters' arguments too. It's like, well, just look at the Mickey for instance. It's still in the set. Like literally, the only difference is the literal symbol. You know, why does that even matter? I don't uh, know, first just, edition. Oh, yeah, look first at edition, uh, Why don't you take a look at first edition base set Charizard? Tell me, <laughs> tell me if that matters. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh. Yeah, I don't know. People are. <coughs> I get why there's hate, but they don't I, have the cards. Yeah, a lot of a lot of those people don't have the cards, so it's that, easy for I'm us sure. not to hate because we have the cards. But I'm sure that I'm sure that's at least some of the people like, and they can't afford the cards. Which I'm not trying to make fun of them because they can't afford it because they're expensive, and you know, I get it. Like, it, they're I couldn't afford them if I didn't buy them when I did. It's just the fact that like sometimes there's a little bit of a edginess or inferiority complex that comes out with that yeah. but uh and it but is yeah, risky i mean maybe this just flops they can't keep up with production and bad things happen and we lose yeah. all our money but yeah well I mean, we're in so low at 310 a card there's almost no way to lose all of your money <laughs> yeah. like literally like yeah you showed me like the psa app and it's like what did you pay for the card and i was like well 1860 i think 1875 it was 1850 was the amount i spent so i was like so three ten a card, yeah. Um, and it's it, like the, the growth is like plus fifteen hundred percent. Yeah, but and I uh, had a friend. It's like, man, I wish you would have like told me. And you know, I don't. He thought about you know maybe I should you know get some money together, buy a set for twelve thousand, and just no. like sit on it. And I'm like, too- I'm like, yeah, but. I mean, it's 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 risky, and he's like, "Yeah, I don't want to do that and lose twelve thousand dollars." But lucky you, and I'm like, "Well, 
Iris 2000. It was a lot for me. I wouldn't be buying this if it was 12,000 either. Hell no. Hell no. Well, the biggest thing at this point too, we've kind of mentioned before, but people in the discord or kind of discord after about three, four weeks, um, it might have been a month. This was before I, it's like when I was trying to get enough to buy another one, they also, several people were saying how, Oh, um, because the hype was getting so high and they were going to make money just on selling it raw. They're like the ones that I know won't be a 10. I've, Put together in a set and i sold it that's what scared me as well after a certain point was that yes yeah, you can kind of tell multiple sets and picking the best ones and, and then selling the rest to get your money back asap without do, w- wasting the time and money to to grade which was which was the right move if you bought multiple sets at yeah. the time so that kind of scared me and now people with ten thousand dollar sets Who's to say that person didn't buy it at six, seven thousand, and they bought it from somebody that literally Frankenstein the shit out of that set? Yeah, like it's incredibly risky to buy the set. Your better option would be to go with, in my opinion, would just be to buy either a couple Elsas if you're going to spend that much money and a ten, or buy several Mickey's and a ten, or do like a couple of each. You know, if you if you have that sort of money, that's what I would recommend at this point. Um, But you're not going to see the same gains. You're just not. But ultimately, like for me, I want to keep the Elsa, but you and I were discussing today at what number will it become that goes through the subjectivity and saying, oh, I believe in this game and selling because it's the wisest and most objective choice to sell at this point. And we've I kind of created up a number or like kind of discovered a number It's between 15 and 20,000 before I sell the the Elsa 10, because if the Elsa 10 goes up to 20,000, the chances that it will hit. 30 or 40 within the next couple of years are I, I would be kind of shocked if it did that. Yeah. Now I could see a situation where it might hit 40 to 50 within five years. I could see that, but it's still going to be a slow growth because you need to have the game to be able to expand to the point and reach the market or reach the, the, the collector base for that to be possible. And I just don't know if it can hit that within five years, Now, 10 to 15 years, something like, you know, like a hundred thousand or something like that. I mean, these are unprecedented numbers. We didn't even see that in Pokemon, right? It took nearly 20 years to see something like that in Pokemon. Yeah, that's quite the stretch. Exactly. That's why it's one of those points where if it does hit, like 15 to 20K is possible for the Elsa in the right conditions. Now, I don't expect it'll hit that. That's why I, I expect to try to hold on to it. But if it did, that's what that would be the number it would have to hit in order for me to sell. Yeah. And then at that point, it'd be it would just be worth it. It would suck, but it would suck because I no longer have that card and I no longer have that connection. But that's why I said sometimes you got to be objective that cuts through the subjectivity. Yep. Yeah. Don't don't take our story and like just run with it and get overhyped because no, don't. Our conditions are unique, but yes, you know we're talking about the thing in general. Um, <clears throat> Even if I didn't have these cards, I they'd kind of be obvious to me. Like, if I didn't have them now, I probably wouldn't buy them. But I would be, you know, kind of like the EV Heroes box story that we always bring up. You know, even though we only had one of those or not even, don't even have them anymore, like, we still talk that up. That's it's just an obvious thing. I had to sell that to get the Lorcan cards. And, it, yeah. like, you know, mentioned this before, it sucked. Because I knew a, a spike was about to happen. Literally, I was like, maybe a month, maybe two months, I, but I knew it was about to happen. And it tripled within eight months yeah. of what I sold it for. You know, But guess what? 
I put that money into Lorcana. So it was worth it. Yep. So that's what you'll get from us. You'll get the honest truth. Let us uh, know what you're thinking. Um, I, you know, when I think of it, it's like, well, what if this flops? You know, A, I do think of my unique situation with, you know, how little I'm in for. But outside of that, um, just think about this, you know, 900 sets made. All the people who have hyped about it so far are obviously very involved in the hobby. Like we said, you know, we talked about that. But when this thing's out on the shelves and all these casual people are getting into it, you know, how many people would it take to be interested in the D23 set to really send it up a little bit? A couple hundred. <laughs> yeah, not very much at all. I mean, 900 people in the entire world. And, you know, there's only 300-something of each of those cards graded. Less than that. So, yeah, just, just think of the numbers that way. I can't even go into Target and pass the toy section without overhearing a kid talking about Pokemon. Like, literally, this summer, I even texted Philip about it. It's like four of the last five times I went into Target, which was like a month spread apart. I'm not in there very often, but... You know, well, of course, the baby section and the toy section are right there, so we'll we'll walk through the area. But I overhear a kid talking about Pokemon, or, oh, Mom, look, there's Charizard. Like, you, I hear about a kid talking about Pokemon in Target more than I don't. So just think of, like, that with Disney. And on top of that, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, the upper end of the demographic at most is, like, 40 you know, with things like Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, you're talking more like 35. Well, um, Magic is closer to 50, but... Yeah, a little a little higher, maybe. Yeah, ma- Magic is closer to 50, but yeah, I would I would agree. For Pokemon, 40 would be old. I mean, yeah. I'm saying if you're old, if you're 40. <laughs> yeah. but, old but for like, hobby, like... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, so people, you know, you got people like Jin Mint, like, thinking, you know, all these sports card conventions, like, look how crazy expensive sports cards are now like kids today they're still going crazy for sports but nothing Mm -hmm. like pokemon nothing you know like these other games maybe it's going to be like a level playing field in the future um pokemon's going to be up there for sure and uh yeah just think of disney also in the sense that you know there are people who are like lifetime fans there are like 60-year-old people who grew up loving Disney. Like, it just expands all generations already. And it's just even exacerbated by, you know, the last few generations. But uh, it's going to be interesting times if they can just survive. Like, just be around. I mean, I think this has a very good chance of taking off and hanging out for a while. And I want to say, like, people who are, if you are listening to this, people are thinking about potentially getting into the D23 cards. I would say two things. One, think about it. Think, draw up the numbers, and then everything, can you afford it? Are you going to stretch yourself to be able to, to buy it? If you're not, and if you believe in it as well as we do, might be worth going ahead and doing it. But think wisely about what you buy. Just keep in mind, don't stretch yourself. If you're committed, 
just don't overreach is all I got to say. But it, it will be worth it in our opinion, but just do not overreach on anything. Yep. Yeah. I, I imagine it going one of two ways. Like I looked, you know, for scenarios. I think you're either going to have a bubble scenario or you're going to have like a steady, healthy scenario. I, you know, of course it could come out. It could flop. People say it sucks. Card quality's garbage. No one buys it. You know, these, they, they stop production after the first three sets and these D23 cards go down, you know, just for like nostalgia sake or collector pieces. I mean, they might be few hundred dollars a piece absolute apocalypse scenario you know but i think the worst case scenario is that this comes out people are excited you know it doesn't really take off like pokemon hype back in the day but it's just slow steady and these cards just have a slow growth Mm -hmm. after the card game has been out about a year you know hype dies down maybe these cards pull back a little bit I could see it go up a little bit, actually, because people realize I could see it being slow like you, but I could see it potentially in a year or so going up to a new level because people realize that these were the ones that people should have went after. I could see a Japanese promos level hype on this. Yeah, it could be. I could see that route. I could also see a route where it just goes crazy in the first six months. So, yeah, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards more of one of two paths um, where, yeah, it comes out, it's solid. The hype has been there. You know, if D23 happened like this month and the set came out in like, you know, a month from now, it would, I think, be hype overload. And I think we would see a bubble. We we could still see that now. That's one of the two scenarios is that this comes out. People just get super excited. They're trying to buy all the product. They chase after the D23 cards. We just see an insane bubble. And then we just see like a downtrend. But I think even if we see that, kind of like you said, the cards won't go back to their norms, but it'd be just like Pokemon, you know, 2020 hype went crazy, things crashed and settled back down. You can buy stuff now for like some things one tenth of the price as 2020 hype, but the lows are generally still higher than what they were selling for beforehand. So I think that's a very real scenario. If that happens, I'm going to be trying to sell in the bubble. And if that's just a new norm and I am not able to buy the cards back, then so be it. I'll just put that money in Pokemon. But the other scenario is that slow growth where like it comes out, people are excited, cards go up in value slightly. And then when everything kind of calms down, it's old news, you know, the cards kind of go back and they might not go as low as they were beforehand, but, you know, they'll settle back down and then we'll have like a slow growth over the next 10 plus years. So I yeah, think that's, like I-, I think those two scenarios are most likely. And the only reason like that slow growth one is what I think more likely will happen is because we've already seen like this high roller hype in the last year since D23 came out, but you know, you could go back to that argument, though, that only the knowledgeable collectors are aware of that, too. So, I mean, knows? how many? I mean, just look at the D23 whenever uh, promos, whenever they got on eBay. Like, it was maybe, how many people do you think were actually buying? Maybe less than 50? 
less than 50 people were probably buying these cards during that time. Yeah. Just kind of just to kind of keep that in mind because I know a bunch of people, I know one person got as many as seven sets. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's one of those things where some people were paying in cash and like in person for for those. But yeah, I know other people I actually bought five, six sets for two, three thousand dollars a piece. So, I mean, we only got one, but I, I think you're looking at, you know, just several dozen essentially that bought these sets. Like the only the people that were most familiar of this were yeah. bidding or were buying. Or that, that family in front of that guy, you know, they bought four. Like, are they even buying to grade? Are they just buying it just because they're probably just sitting in the storage, you know, yep. box somewhere? Who knows? That's where I think a lot of the Mickey promos are at. And it's going to, like, by the time they get revealed, they're probably not going to be in the best condition because they're, these were people that just got the promo. They put it somewhere in a bag or whatever. You know, it's all it takes to have the burn rate. So Mickey is one of those ones where I could see be a slow burn in terms of like price increase because of that. Yeah. I know another guy separately from a box opening video, he has four sets as well. So, you know, just right there, that's 15 sets that are accounted for between three people. Yeah. And I don't think they're the same people either. No, they're not. You know, because I know I forget one name is pretty clear. He doesn't have any channel. The other person, he doesn't have a channel, I know. So, I mean, just... And then I know there's a... Also, somebody like Squeaks, I know he got several. He got at least three, I think. I didn't know he got into it. Yeah, he, he got several. You know, I don't... At this point, since he has the cards, I think it's irrelevant that people know. But, I mean, he doesn't li- listen to this anyways. <laughs> but it's, it's kind of one of those things. I know he, he has several. You know, people bought several that could afford it. I wish I could. Three was the magic number, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I guess that should wrap it up. That was quite the Lorcana talk. Um, Let us know your opinions. I know some people are, you know, there's one buddy who's like, yeah, when you're talking about Lorcana, I'm just like, uh, but, hey, that's good stuff. I have a friend that said he like he wish he would have bought it. Like I told him about it. Like as I bought it, like hey, I think if you're if you really want to make some money, I think this is going to be one of the best decisions you would make in, in the span of the next twelve months. Um, and he's like, and then now every time I show him what the sales are like, he's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I told two people who were potentially interested too, but yeah, they they waited around, which it is a lot. You know, we basically had to make the decision within a week. There was so. no, yeah, there was no, do I, do I do it? Do I stay or do I go? You know, and those things. And I was like, I believe in it. Click. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in the heart of the cards. Fly. <laughs> yeah. True Disney fashion. <laughs> there is a, uh, do you want to say real quick? I keep thinking of stuff that we were going to mention. There is a, play mat that they had yeah 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 yep yep i'm glad you said something yeah so they do have play mats for sale um they did have tournaments though with the um starter decks and then i think they had a couple other things but basically the top eight players in each of one of their events from what i understand it got a special play mat and it has like the starter deck characters of each um or it has the characters of each starter deck 
featured on the playmat itself, like in this little banner like art. And, uh, yep, it's uh, really cool. I'm pretty sure that that was only made to be given out to the top eight players. Um, <laughs> but you no, know, it's a playmat, so it's not going to go as crazy as a card would, but it's definitely the key item from Gen Con, like the key collectible, but. Not so fast. So something that uh, I didn't notice, but it was somebody in the um, Discord pointed out. There is no Gen Con stamp on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Meaning, meaning it could be something that they hand out at the event in Europe. Every major event, it could be the same play mat that they even have in regionals. Not yeah, saying that it, it won't. Be. Not not saying that it won't be like worth a hundred bucks. But because there's no Gen Con, if there was a Gen Con stamp, I, I would agree with you. But it's one of those things that an individual pointed out, and I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, it does have 2023 on it, but yeah, there there could be, you know, their first events. These, these, might, be, these might be the playmats that were given out to all of the game stores, because they got, like, packages yep. of things to run events for. Yep. So that yep. is a good point. This this could be playmats. Like they could have sent this playmat in boxes to game stores mm-hmm. to give out for prizes. So very real possibility. So if it is if it is a unique artwork though, this is uh, going to be very collectible <coughs> as far as playmats can be. You know, I think all items long term will they fare well sealed? I I believe so overall. But keep in mind, do not hoard it. If you're willing to spend thousands of dollars in sealed product, do not do that. Buy the D23 promos. That's the biggest thing I can possibly stress. Do not invest in sealed product like people do in Pokemon. Yes, there will be money in this. It is the first set. But not even mentioning how many people are going to be doing the same thing you're doing. You're going to see more gains and larger gains quicker with the D23 promos than any sealed product. Yeah. Because the cool thing about it is there's like a – it can't be resealed like you can with um, Pokemon. So it'll be very evident that it's been tampered with. That's why because they did that, the seal product could potentially not be a sketch down the road. Yep. Yep, it's uh, – I think they did do a good thing on that. I'm anxious to get my hands on a booster box though to see if this is true. The way the flaps are, someone could theoretically flip the box upside down stick their hand between the upper lid and the side and like put the box upside down and shake it and then kind of tilt it. And then a pack might slide out. So there is a potential there because the, when you open the box, the side flaps don't cover the middle pack. And a lot of these box openings, when they open the box, a lot of the stacks of the packs are kind of shifted around so I got to thinking, like, what if someone had this box and they kind of pried open the top and flipped it upside down and kind of, like, shook and then tilted a pack out? Um, but just one pack. Well, potentially, like, a lot lot more packs. Like, you know, you could do every pack like that and then shove different packs in, you know, the same way you shook them out. Somehow figure out how to stack them in there tightly where the weight feels right. You know, you never know. But uh, something I need to test out with a booster box. But you'll see what I'm talking about. And, you know, probably shouldn't have this information out there. But 
if you made it an hour and 50 minutes in the podcast, then that's a little insider information. That's the first thing I think about is like, okay, that's a good move, but you know, what are the problems with the packaging? So that's one potential problem I saw. I'll test it out if I ever get a booster box, but, uh, I will, I do want to open some, like I do. Um, am I going to pay, I'd be willing to pay 150, I guess, if it was shipped to me. Uh, I mean, they're 144, whatever. We can uh, go halfsies. So, exactly. We can I was go about halfsies to halfsies and grade the good stuff. And if there's anything worth grading, and then just, I mean, people are already saying all that crap to be grading now. If people shouldn't be buying, or well, never mind. People should be trying to sell right now overall. But if you were somebody that wanted to keep it or just resell it, having a PSA 10, first to market PSA 10, could also get you a lot of money. Um, but, you know, that, that process has already begun. People have already sent a PSA, guarantee it. Um, but I'd, yeah, I'd be down uh, to split a box and then like you get a stack, you, <coughs> I get a stack and then we split we the split middle stack. Yeah. And then if we get an enchanted rare, like grade it and sell it and split the money or something. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. But yeah, just open just to test it. would <laughs> be pretty fun. But yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up there. Let's talk about a quick Questions. question. Qu- yeah, my question will go back to Pokemon. So I guess if yours is Lorcana based, it is. It go is. Go ahead and it is. ask yours real quick. But try to so, be quick. We know it's a long one. Yeah. So we already basically said I had two of them. One of them was what affects the D twenty three promos. We pretty much already went went through that. Um, at this point, uh, and so the, the 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 other question is essentially at this point, what would it take for Lorcana not to be successful? I think it's all about production and keeping up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing that worries me about the game is that they've already announced chapter two. Yep. And already have like kind of a release date for it or release window. Mm-hmm. So it's, it worries me that we might see unprecedented demand to basically like, you know, I mean, we're kind of back at the situation where it's kind of rare to see Pokemon back on the shelves still. It I is. Mean, Every time I go in, there's no Pokemon or almost no Pokemon on the shelves. I've been to three Walmarts in the last week for various reasons. Nothing. Yeah, it's not like it's not like super crazy like it was, but the demand is still there where, you know, it's kind of rare to see product. So given the hype with Lorcana, if it's anything like that, I mean, they're going to struggle. And there's been plenty of LGSs, you know, granted they're kind of like the pre-release of this whole thing and big box stores is September 1st. So that's when we'll be able to tell, but people LGSs who are getting it here in the next week or two, people have been telling stories of ordering 200 boxes and getting like 10. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, like, yeah, it's going to kill it when people are selling, like you've already seen it, right? $30 a pack, you know, that's going to kill it for a lot of people. People be interested, but not at that price point. And I, I agree with you. I, I think at this point, the only thing it could fail, it's a functioning card game. Easy to, easy to know. People know the IPs, the cards, while they aren't like, they don't necessarily all wow you, they're more than adequate with some key cards that have awesome art and unique art. And it doesn't include the enchanted rares. It includes some of the commons and uncommons and rares. So that that's more than good enough to, to be able to, to start out. Now, the biggest thing is allocation issues. Will it burn people out, piss people off? 
if it's for months and nobody can get anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worrisome. Like if we're still having problems and then they're trying October, to re- and then they're trying to release chapter two. Yeah. It's like okay. Like a lot of people said, like just halt chapter two, but I'm sure it's already being produced. Well, to some extent, the, but I could also see chapter one being printed for the next year. Yeah. I could see a scenario where that is that occurs. Um, and I think you release chapter two on window. You delay chapter three is what you do. Yeah. In my opinion, that's what I would do is keep chapter two on point because you need more cards to be able to have be able to have the deck building capabilities and yes you can do that with one set but it opens up the window with multiple sets um so i think it's one of those things where it depends on what what things look like about early to mid october in my opinion uh because august is going to be non-existent most of september is going to be non-existent how is it going to look like in sometime in october if it's still really really short it's still crazy prices things are still just ridiculous it's like 2020 hype all over again for pokemon there's going to be legitimate issues potentially on the long term of it. But I think people are dedicated enough with Disney that I think unless it's a colossal mess up, people will persevere and push through it. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's going to be pretty good. I think um, it will be a struggle and growing pains at first. Everything they've done, they were kind of shocked with the turnout and the response, but uh I mean, they've done a good job. They had quite a few boxes, booster boxes. Um, seems like they ran out about 12 to 1 p.m. each day of booster boxes. So And they opened at 10? Yeah, so that's quite a few for each day. They did do yes, like they did D23 where they had a set amount for each day. So that's that's kind of smart of them. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a wild one. So... If you're just wanting to enjoy the product for what it is, you know, just wait it out. Don't buy don't buy boxes for insane prices. If you're wanting it, yeah. don't go. If you're really, really wanting it, don't do anything over two fifty. That's about double. No, that's about like seventy five percent. Don't buy any booster box more than that. And that's only if you're really, 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 really have to open. <laughs> that's like yeah, I would say one seventy five even. Really? Like. Well, I mean, for us, it's under two hundred, right? But for everybody else who really wants to, who really wants to open, I'd say no more than two fifty just to be able to experience it. Yeah. But the, but the, the, but that's the thing. I think people are going to be paying those prices. That's why there's also some frustration. But again, people persevered through it. There's so many people dedicated to it in Pokemon. People, every single group was people complaining about oh my god scalpers okay i guess i'll buy (laughs) it's like it's like okay i i really want to you know see what it's about and you know if you're gonna have fun with it you just want to check it out for fun go for it i mean the value is so many different factors for everybody but yeah uh, my question will be real quick going back to pokemon so welcome back to the Pokey Talk podcast. Hey, we're Pokemon podcast now again. I think the thumbnail for this, I'm going to take an X and cross out Pokey Talk and put like the Lakana <laughs> Talk. Oh god, <laughs> that would be pretty good. It would um, be even good on like the on like the the, the posts or something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, if you're if you're joining us from the Lorcana yeah. Discord or anything too, like 
yeah, we do talk mostly about Pokemon, but, uh, you know, we're out there. Maybe we'll branch out or do something else, but welcome. Anytime there's a Lorcana focused episode, which will probably be kind of rare after this, but, uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to you guys. Shout out to Lorcana HQ and all the groups out there. Yeah, for sure. There's some awesome people in there. Actually, the community, I will say, and the discords are all pretty great. Um, it sucks you can't post stuff like hell or damn. <laughs> There's kids watching. It, it, it gets flagged, but it's good in the sense that, like, nobody ever has nasty language directed at anybody. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool. The community's been nothing but cool. Like, a lot of times with Discord groups, it's atrocious. Like, the some of the way people talk to each other. It's why I hate social media in general. Yeah. But yeah, my question is going back to Pokemon worlds is happening this weekend yep. in Japan. Every year they announce <laughs> where the next worlds is going to be. Where do you think it'll be? Oh, that's a good one. Well, so they had it in London, right? Yep. Year before they had it in Tokyo. It was, it was pretty much the, it, in it was the U.S. So, yeah, in a couple the places, US. and then supposed to be London 2020 got canceled. Then they went to London 2021. Well, the area that kind of makes sense would be South America if they wanted to spread it, spread it out, which would mean Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> Is that right? Where 2021? I got all my years mixed up now because they did it all backwards. I'm looking it up right now, too. Okay. Yeah, you can hear me typing. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Let's just pull up a list. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to find. Last Here year was... So did they do the 2021? Or did they just cancel it two years in a row? Is that what I'm not remembering? I mean, it's almost... If you look at it, it's not going to be in the U.S. It will not be in the U.S. is almost my guaranteed. Like, it's every year. It's been in the, besides one. Besides two, it's been in the U.S., so it's like I can almost see it being in Japan again. Yeah. So yeah, they—that's where I was going wrong. They canceled two years in a row. Yeah. So yeah, it was supposed to be in London, twenty twenty, canceled, canceled in twenty one, twenty twenty two. Finally, was on. That was UK, and then yeah, they finally went to Japan for the first time see, ever. <laughs> I could see it being in Japan again or in South America. They did, yeah. It's been all U.S., U.S., one in Canada. British Columbia, so it's out It's out on the West Coast. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like that, that covers most of the places unless they... I could see them alternating between, like, the U.S. slash Canada, Europe areas, and then well, Japan, like alternating three years between those three. I could see that. In general, Rio de Janeiro as well isn't like, so I'm not saying like America is the safest in every single city. You know, there's a lot of things you can get involved with that things. I'm not going to mention, um, but ultimately most places in America are mostly safe. Right. So it's one of those things where people can come from international place and, not have to worry like in Rio de Janeiro about any some sort of scam or something happening. Not saying you can't get that in these cities. I'm just saying, like you know, in Seattle, I, I recognize somebody who was trying to scam by selling CDs. You know, blah blah blah. But like, it's not the same thing. And like, but like you know, like in Cairo, for example, or like places in Egypt, like they make money. That's how people some people make a living just scamming tourists. 
right? Yeah. So you know, I I could see Which it being people do that here too, though. But they 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 do. But I would say I don't know. Rio de Janeiro. I, I, I I've never been, so I can't really say. It's just I know there's some areas where it's kind of like really really bad. But you can say about several places in America do. But yeah, <laughs> I could see him coming back to the U.S. areas this this year. Um, yeah, they did. They did London, then they jumped to Japan. I think it. Yeah, I think it'd be like a three three year rotation between you know those kind of continents. That pretty much hits every point <laughs> in the world. Well, yeah, because I would say that's their big, biggest market, right? Like Japan, the United States, and then England. Yeah, yeah, England kind of in that Europe group. Mm-hmm. I bet, I bet, yeah, I bet it's going to be the U.S. somewhere. Um, let's see, they went to Nashville twenty. I was say, I really wish I would have went there. Yeah, I, I remember that there was a thing with uh, in Pokemon Go. They were having unknown spawn in Nashville. I think it's spelled out Nashville. I think is something like that. Yeah. Um, I wish I kind of would have gone. I just, I mean, I just got sober from alcohol not even a year before. I just started working full time. It was one of those things where I was basically getting my life together back then. Um, but I would like to see it somewhere in the Midwest. If you look at it, it's it makes sense Hawaii several times, right? But it's usually on the coast. Yeah. Nashville being one of the few exceptions. Actually, being the lone exception. <laughs> So I was in Chicago. Would almost make sense. I was in Nashville <laughs> in June. I was in Nashville the last week of June in 2018, and I don't recall when that one was. <coughs> when was well, if that? you're gonna look at so the, technically Midwest, I think Denver is considered West Midwest. But like, so the three places, if it were to be closest to us, it would be. Denver, Kansas City, Chicago, or maybe somewhere in Dallas, Fort Worth. That'd be one of those places if it was in the middle of the continental United States. Yeah. I missed yeah, I missed Nashville by two months, but then they went to Washington DC. I bet it would be West Coast somewhere, maybe Vegas. I don't I know. I can see Vegas. I, can see I, Vegas. I could see Vegas, but I could also see them not picking Vegas because it's Vegas. It's like not yeah. very kid friendly. No. So maybe they would do Portland or Seattle. Portland, Seattle, or, or Denver, maybe. I'm not sure what kind of convention setups they have there, but if they got a place big enough, maybe one of those places. They do I'm, in I'm Portland. Gonna say, I'm going to say west side of the United States. Yeah. All right. And then I bet the year after that, I bet they go back to Europe, and I bet it's Germany or France. Yeah, but either Paris or, like, Hamburg. Yeah. Yep. All right. We'll see if that comes true. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with our Lorcana talk, and uh, we'll talk about some Pokemon next time. Woo! See you later. See you all later. You all have a good one. Peace.